Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews. The movie review podcast that will slice and it's all praise and hype a movie each and every month. There's a thing, and as it's January 2020, I thought I'd cover the Jurassic Park movies because reasons. This week I'm covering a Lost World Jurassic Park, coming out four years after a juggernaut that was Jurassic Park. Based on a very loosely based rather on Michael Crichton a novel of the same name, which was hurriedly rushed out and Michael Crichton was paid something like two million dollars for this movie. Or the book rather. And apparently Crichton didn't do sequels, so this was very rare. It was all done on the insistence of Steven Spielberg. Anyway, I saw this on opening weekend and was pissed that I missed the one <coughs> a jump scare. Back before they were fucking kicked out of the bloody things. As I had dropped my uh, wine gums that I was eating. Because the person next to me was a fucking fidgety pain in the ass. But moving on. This is far from the juggernaut that was Jurassic Park. In fact, it's often said to be the worst movie of the franchise. Is that true? Well, let's find out. Let's just jump into the helicopter and head back to the island. Uh, with its $73 million budget, this thing pulled in $618 million. Starring Jeff Goldblum, Julianne Moore, Pete Pothelwaite, Vince Vaughn and Sir Richard Attenborough, directed by Steven Spielberg. The plot, several years after the events of Jurassic Park, Injun is now all but bankrupt due to the lawsuits. So the nephew of John Hammond is going to do everything and anything in his power to save the company including raiding and stealing all the dinosaurs on Site B. John Hammond wants to keep the site a secret as the only place that has real-life dinosaurs. So sends in a nature documentarian to document the creatures in their natural environment. However, the nephew has sent in big game hunters hell-bent on killing a male T-Rex. Can Dr. Malcolm save his nature a documentarian girlfriend from a dinosaurs along with his daughter uh, before they are dino bait or dino feast rather find out here and yes this movie is ridiculously stupid as that bloody well sounds <clears throat> anyway the movie opens up on shots of Isla Sorner which is 87 miles off the Isla Nubar Nubar even aka site B on it, we see a young, rich English family having a picnic on a beach when their young daughter is attacked by compies, aka Compisaurus, or how the fuck things are called, we dinky things. Paralysis has her chickens and rosa sharp teeth and like piranhas with feet, yada yada yada. And these are Mrs. Bowman, played by Side Strife Matter, Mr. Bowman, played by Robin Sachs, and Kathy Bowman, played by Camellia Bell. Who would later go on to start in the god-awful When a Stranger Call remakes? Now, what I've got about this opening is, if this is Site B, then why aren't there one single solitary sign that says Engine Property? There's no fences, there's nothing. This entire park has no fucking fences, no signage or anything. Bullshit! A cut to, like most of the audience, a yawning Dr. Malcolm, played again by Jeff Goldblum. As he takes the subway to see... A elderly and dying John Hammond, and spot Eli Roth as a subway passenger. 
at Alan's house. He meets Tim and Alex once again, played by Joseph Mozzarella and Andriana or Adriana rather, Richard, as they're visiting their dying grandfather. In his sickbed, John Hammond, once again played by the late Sir Richard Attenborough, tells Ian there's a second island where they bred and raised the dinosaurs, except it has now been found, because apparently it was lost after a hurricane and yada yada yada, yet there's hundreds, if not thousands of dinosaurs running around this teeny little island. Yes, bullshit. He then tasked Dr Malcolm to rescue the nature documentarian he sent to the island before Ingen Poachers shop. I love the fact that John Hammond sends a nature documentarian to the island due to the fact that Sir Richard Attenborough is the brother of Sir David Attenborough, the voice of the bloody nature documentarians of the bloody BBC. Anyway, leaving his uncle's deathbed to meet the nephew Peter Ludlow, played by Aris Howard. Uh, he's trying his best to get Ingen away from his uncle and make a profit before the company goes tits up due to the lawsuits. And note, there's a cutscene where it shows Ingen is getting sued for half a billion dollars by the families of the people that were killed on the island. Dr. Malcolm and he butt heads due to the fact he discredited Dr. Malcolm's tale of his events. Uh, shouldn't he be limping or something? I mean, after all, Ian Malcolm was stolen by a fucking T-Rex, which is about fucking six bloody build ton for fuck's sake. He doesn't even sell his fucking injuries, for crying out loud. Also, no one else spoke out or tried to write a book, it was just Dr. Malcolm. I'm calling a fucking bullshit there. Anyway, it seems this Ludlow has been running a smear campaign for years on Dr. Malcolm. Up he goes to see Hammond as he tells him about Site B, the breeding site. He tells them it was abandoned handy dandy that, after a hurricane came through and smashed it to pieces, uh, that's just what we call fucking lazy writing. He goes on, that somehow the dinosaurs have survived, and the island is run entirely by the creatures, and man hasn't set foot on the island in several years, until the unfortunate family, anyway, Hammond uh, has set a team, including Ian's girlfriend, to the island to find out how the animals are still alive, how they survived the four years and such and survived the hurricanes, da 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 da. And I am calling a lazy writing yet again. Didn't it say in Jurassic Park 1 that dinosaurs didn't get some sort of enzyme? They would have died in seven days, moving the fuck right on. Uh, also, apparently, Michael Crichton wrote this book for a paycheck. Spielberg asked him to get it out as quickly as humanly possible, but he barely used the fucking book. I mean, uh, I love the fact that Dr. Malcolm kicks holes in the plot about how stupid this whole fucking thing is. A whole new island full of dinosaurs, no fences, no weapons. Yet, he wants to send in a documentarian to document the dinosaurs. Yeah, it's pretty fucking dumb. And we're only ten minutes into this two hour and five fucking minute movie. For crying out loud, plus that's my job, scriptwriters are no fucking fair. You can't point out the fucking flaws, that is my job, you fucking hacks. Oh dear God, Dr. Hammond says no, until he finds out his girlfriend is one of the fucking documentarians, as I said about fucking ten times. He tries to call her, but she has been on the island for three days. All alone, which is bullshit, frankly. Cut to 
to the docks as Dr. Malcolm demands Eddie Carr, played by Richard Sheaf. To take him to Ireland and now to rescue his girlfriend. He tells me he can't do it, he must have his three days. To complete building the cars and the trucks and the uh, other um, uh, equipment they have and it hasn't been full tested and blah 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 blah. Uh, up pulls a photographer, Nick Van Owen, played by Vince Vaughn of the terrible cycle 1998. I check my archives. He at first bitches out Eddie for a three minute warning and then posts Ian about. All the places he has been to do uh, photography, uh, including Greenpeace, adding, he will work there for the women. Sea girls, male feminists, are only after one thing, as apparently Greenpeace is 80% women. Yeah, male feminists are only after fucking cheap sex, because I think that's an easy ride. Moving the fuck right on. On to uh, Ian's daughter, Kelly, played by Vanessa Chester. She is a daughter of one of his ex-wives, who apparently was a supermodel and dumped her to go to Paris and blah 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 blah. She is also a the target audience, a not all team, except she's special. She has a superpower, that being gymnast. And surprisingly, she throws a hissy fit when Ian tells her she can't go with him. So guess what? She sneaks onto the bus anyway, because this little bitch has no fucking respect. Cut to a boat heading to the island. Uh, ladies with jeeps, trucks and buses. The ship captain won't unload on the beach. So they have to camp on a riverbank. That's a great fucking place to put. Except it's not a riverbank, it's a cliff. So how the fuck is... Oh, I'm moving the hell right on this right, it's terrible. He's been told stories of the island. Uh, and in fact, locals call it the Five Deaths. So in less than four years, island has a bad reputation. So much has been untouched by man for fucking four years. Uh, cut to a bus and two jeeps heading to the beach. Okay then. They stop by a river and find Sarah's backpack. Fearing the worst, Ian shouts for her, but she has no reply. Not very smart for a fucking genius. I mean, this is a whole island full of dinosaurs and he's shouting his fucking head off. Yeah, good. A herd of stegosauruses walk past out of the bush as does Sarah who jump scares Nick. Finally we meet Sarah Harding, played by Joanne Moore of Hannibal and the Carey remake. Archives. Ian is pissy with her, so once he hands her her quote lucky backpack, she walks off to photograph the Stegosaurus nest. The Stegosauruses are pissed, so attack Sarah as they have to defend their young. I've got to see here for all the shit I'm going to give this Jurassic Park, the Stan Milston puppets are top notch. However, the CGI, not so much. Barely escaping the Stegosaurus attack, the group return to the base camp, where they find out Kelly has been cooking. Therefore, every single fucking meat-eating dinosaur knows where the fuck they are. I mean, this little bitch has a fucking campfire and is cooking sausages. What the fuck? <sighs> Kelly, being a smart-arse teen, tries to turn around the thing on Ian uh, when he told her, quote, don't listen to him. Yeah, nice try, love. You're grounded until your fucking grandchildren graduate fucking high school. Sarah defends Kelly to Ian, saying she only gets her inquisitive side for him. Yeah, love, you defend this clearly disrespectful know-all teen because girl power. And no wonder this world is fucked if every teenager in the late 90s got away with absolute fucking murder. Ah, dear God. No wonder we have a generation of easily offended snowflakes that want to cancel everything for the least wee bloody well thing. Fair enough, the hashtag MeToo stuff that started off was a good thing. 
uh, rape should be punished to the full extent of the law. But now we have people getting, quote, cancelled for an off-colour joke from 15 years ago, for fuck's sake. What the hell is this world coming to? Stop fucking wrapping kids up in cotton wool and telling them they're special because chances are they are not. They're just one of seven billion fucking people on this shitty little planet. Also, enough of this toxic masculinity crap. It's not, it's just assholes being assholes. Nothing to do with fucking masculine or feminine for fuck's sake. Just assholes being fucking assholes. Also, how about toxic femininity? Feminists demanding that anything remotely male be crushed and or destroyed. So much for equal balance between the sexes. Utter bullshit. If it was equal, then it was equal in the fucking early noughties. Now it's tipped over way over the other side and the females are now running the whole fucking planet because there's still one man alive on this planet. Therefore, it's not fair. It's not equal. It's not da-da-da-da. Uh, what a lot of shite. Okay, now I've pissed off the feminists. Uh, I don't give a fuck. I'll probably get cancelled next week. After all, think about it. I'm the ultimate feminist nightmare. A white gay man in his 40s. That is unpc and a film critic. Oh my god, the world will crack. Uh, back to the shitty ass movie. Ian tries in vain to connect to the ship using the near fucking useless sat phone. Hello, don't you have a fucking radio or Morse code? It worked in Independence Day for fuck's sake. This is beyond fucking lazy writing. <sighs> Malcolm is beyond mad at Kelly and Sarah. So Sarah tries to smooth things over, telling him she'll be back in six or seven, uh, five or six days. He hits her back with no, you'll be back in five or six pieces. But feminist power, she doesn't listen. Shouldn't Dr. Malcolm have PTSD, by the way? Or was that not a thing in the fucking 90s? I get it. Uh, uh, PTSD? Or was that not a thing in the 90s? Because think about it here. He gets thrown by a fucking T-Rex. Uh, out of nowhere, in fly the engine helicopters to arrive to storm the bloody well beach. It's the nephew and his um, expert squad. And he will meet Roland Tembo, played by Pete Posowit. He's supposed to be the world's greatest big game hunter. And he's hell-bent on killing a male T-Rex. But note, the female T-Rex is taller than the male and heavier than the male, so why not kill her instead of killing him? Cue scene after scene of dinosaurs being poached, tagged and drugged, awaiting a removal of the islands. Uh, we get it, they're fucking bad guys. They could even be more bad guys if they had neon lights flashing above their heads saying, Bad guy here! <sighs> we also meet Data Dump Guy, oh sorry, Dr. Burke, played by Thomas Duffy. He explains who and what all the dinosaurs are, and tells us, quote, their special powers, i.e. a Pachycephasaurus has a 9-inch thick plate on top of its head, which uses as a ramrod to defend itself against people and or dinosaurs. Ian and company watch from the hills as all this goes down, as it calls it with his handy-dandy digicam, which would bloody well work from that distance, moving on. Roland finds T-Rex tracks, so tracks it down, with his double barrel shotgun in hand, because apparently the double barrel shotgun will kill this T-Rex. I don't fucking think so. Cut to camp leader Dieter Stark, played by uh, Peter Stormate. Stormate? What else his fucking name? As he teaches a little dinky dink, uh, little dinky dink fucking uh, compy thing. Because apparently it's not scared of him, because why would it be scared of him? He's a human, blah 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 blah. So he teaches it and pisses it off, and he gets equipment later. In the T-Rex nest, Roland awaits with his hunter buddy, A.G played by Harvey uh, Jaster. 
they find a baby T-Rex. So kidnap it. Later at night, the kidnapped T-Rex is tied down with its leg broke. As Roland waits for Daddy to show up at camp, Ian and company release as many dinosaurs as possible as they run amok. As the nephew is trying to sell off the dinosaurs to the highest bidder via the internet. And it's a really shitty fucking scapegoat they have. With the camp in flames, Roland seeks out the, quote, heroes. Meanwhile, Nick has injured baby T-Rex, which he takes back to base camp, because this guy's a fucking moron. And here, Sarah stupidly tries to fix it by putting a cast on its broken leg, because again, she's a dinosaur expert, but she's a fucking thick as shit. And now, Mummy's very angry, as the two T-Rexes kill a few people. And note that the baby T-Rex was a puppet that actors could carry with no wires, so they can fully interact with it, handy that. At, quote, hero camp, Eddie sets up a high height as Kelly, but of course, sets the radio to get help, because of course she's the only one who can use this fucking radio. She's a super teen, she's fucking 14, she knows everything about everything. Say it with me, Lizzie writing. Ian goes apeshit once he says Sarah's little patient, once she fixes it, it's like that is, she lets it go back with the parents, as like I said, mummy's very angry, as the T-Rexes attack the buses. Kelly panics and runs to the high height. Shouldn't little Miss Not-All have listened to Daddy all along and not stepped into the fucking bus? But no. She knows everything. She must be uh, the one on the bloody well bus that saved everybody because she's a Not-All fucking smart arse team. Now, she, Eddie and Ian are hiding in the high hide. They watch Mummy try to push the bus off the cliff because apparently they've now moved it from the river side to a cliff because reasons? Eddie tries to anchor it uh, using a jeep and he's eating for his troubles. Ian tries to invent to call down to the bus uh, to warn that Mummy is coming back but they're too busy to answer. So Ian parasails down to warning. It's too late. Mummy and Daddy attack the bus as push over the cliff as I said. So these people in the bus uh, don't hear a fucking nine ton T-Rex scratching at two of them. Yet, in part one, didn't get to great detail about how every footstep had a shockwave and blah 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 blah. What, they wearing fucking trainers? Or sneakers? Uh, the T-Rexes get the baby back and return to push the bus off the cliff even more. As I said, Eddie tries to save them, but is eaten as the engine baddies save them. Note, Sarah lying on the huge glass window as it cracked is CGI. Julianne Moore is clearly hanging off it by about fucking three foot. Uh, the sat phone falls, smashing the glass. Luckily, Ian saves her by handing her her lucky hand uh, backpack. Who wrote this shit? Because this fucking tattered, beaten up old fucking rickety backpack can hold the weight of both Ian and her as she's dangling off the cliff's, cliff's edge. Right then. Cut to bad camp. With bad guy, base camp, with our hero base camp gone, and Eddie is dead, Ian takes the nephew, rather talks the nephew, over what is right and what is wrong. Luckily, the nephew pulls out of his fucking bag and or ass a map of the islands, which has a full operation comm centre, only a few miles away, however, it's right in the middle of a raptor territory. By the way, the sail that this thing has, was it, uh, thermal... The power station, da 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 da, and it not, doesn't, ah, fuck, can't fucking speak. And it never used to be recharged. Karen, say it with me here. Lazy fucking writing. 
So they just so happened to have a fully stocked and fully operational communication centre right in the middle of the fucking Raptor territory. Anyway, off they go on foot into the bush as Nick befriends Roland to steal his shotgun as they tamper with it, which means when he's going to go into Rex, the gun will be fucked up and it will fire, which is a complete fucking dick move, Nick. That's a complete fucking dick move. <sighs> I don't give a fuck about this movie. This movie's terrible. The next day, walking through the bush, Roland notices Sarah's backpack has T-Rex blood on it, which she has been unknowingly smearing across the fucking forest as she's walking. So the group stop for a break, and here Nick steals Roland's bullets. Dieter gets eaten by a swarm of compies as he takes a piss, as later on that night, because it just cuts to night, the T-Rex show up and attack the camp as they all sleep. Just before Roland returns to tell them, he found Dieter's remains. He then tells Malcolm how to get to the comm station. Handy that. Anyway, the T-Rex show up and the camp runs amok as they slowly all get picked off. And oh uh, yeah, these T-Rex must have stealth mode off as they have now thunderous footsteps. Where the fuck was this when they were pushing the fucking bus over the cliff? Uh, the female T-Rex eats the dinosaur expert as... His blood slides down a waterfall, blah, 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 blah. Boring. And note, much like the rain in Jurassic Park, the waterfall fucked up the robotics in this T-Rex. As the camp runs, they're picked off one by one by raptors as they're running into tall grass. Ian's group find a bag belonging to AJ, who has been eaten by a fucking raptor, and they run through the long grass like a fucking idiot like he actually is. They run and fall down a hill, which handily leads them right to where they need to go. Ian twists his ankle, so Nick has to go on for help. Handy that. At the communication site, Nick searches for the power button, which he throws and gets a message out. Luckily, all the equipment has worked after four years. Back to Roland, who has knocked out the male T-Rex using a trank gun. Ian, who now isn't limping, shows up to the communication site and has to fight off raptors. Luckily, a door can hold it back. Also, these raptors aren't as graceful as ones in part one, as Ian gets away by hiding in a jeep. I swear to God, these raptors fall over, but the police must be drunk. Meanwhile, Sarah and Kelly are trapped in a garage with three raptors after him. Luckily, Kelly pulls a Rose Tyler and gymnastics her way out. Oh, and this is the one jump scare of the Raptor digging under a fence to get Kelly uh, that I missed back in 1997. Now, free, Sarah has to deal with two raptors on a roof, which she does by pulling the fucking roof slates off and one falls in front of the other one and the two have a fight, da 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 da, she gets away. Uh, the helicopters arrive and they get off the island. Like I said, this is fucking lazy writing. With InGen crawling over the island, the male T-Rex is caged up and shipped to San Diego. The nephew then offers Roland a job, but since his lover, AG, has dead, he turns him down, saying he wants nothing to do with the fucking company of death. As the rescue helicopter flies past, Sarah spots what and Jen have done and cries. Meanwhile, now back on the mainland, the vultures arrive as the nephew tries to sell off the T-Rex. And this is all very Lost Kingdom here. Anywho, uh, the ship carrying T-Rex has arrived and everyone aboard is dead, as the Rex somehow has got free and somehow has been it back into the cargo hold. How the fuck did that happen? And note, the ship is the SS Ventura, the same ship in King Kong. Like I says, 
somehow the T-Rex managed to get into the fucking cargo hold, but somebody let us out and it's now rampaging around the sites of San Diego. So, Sarah and Ian give Chase in a convertible. Yeah, great idea there, mate. Chase a fucking pissed off T-Rex in a car with no fucking roof. <sighs> God, and I've just realised something. This is Jason Takes Manhattan. You would all move him to be in New York. And he's in it for fucking five minutes. The whole point of this piece of shit movie was to have the T-Rex ring wild in the modern world, but it's only ten fucking minutes of this two-hour pissing movie. Ah, oh dear God. So the T-Rex is free to roam and kill at will. But it stops at a swimming pool to drink water, and it's a dog, and it just runs off. Who the fuck wrote this shit? So no one in the suburbs hears this fucking 12 foot, 6 ton fucking beast thundering down the fucking roads. Bullshit! Meanwhile, Ian and Sarah get the PBTRX to use it as bait to lure daddy back to the docks. Lazy writing. Now with the baby, uh, Ian hunts for the T-Rex. Meanwhile, in downtown San Diego, the T-Rex is chasing a bus and a group of Japanese tourists. Racist. Which screen? Quote, Now look at this again. We left Japan to get away from Godzilla. Bottom. Ian spots the T-Rex, so Sarah forces it to scream, the baby rex is, to give chase. As back at the docks, that was bloody well quick. I mean, they go from downtown to the docks in about fucking four seconds. Ian leads the T-Rex back to the boat. The nephew runs after Ian, who is carrying the baby T-Rex as Ian drops it off into the boat cargo hold, and then dives into the waters of the dock, leaving the nephew to be eaten by the T-Rex baby after daddy leaves him for dead. Now in the ship's cargo hold, Sarah shoots a T-Rex with some tranquilizer darts as Ian shuts the doors. With the T-Rex and the baby are on ship, uh, they are shipped back to the island. As on CNN, Hammond is interviewed with him saying the island should be preserved with the dinosaurs allowed to roam free. Bullshit! Big game hunters would be over that place and everything would be killed on the island in a good couple of fucking months, if not weeks. Oh god. Cut to the island as all the dinosaurs are living in peace and harmony. Meat eaters and vegetators alike. Bullshit! As credits roll. So that was Lost World Jurassic Park. What a complete pile of steaming dino shite. Everyone in this fucking thing is a bloody raging idiot. The script is beyond dumb. The fakes are par. The acting is over a fucking place. Ian Malcolm, or rather Jeff Goldblum, doesn't sell the fact he's supposed to be injured. He's supposed to have a twisted ankle yet he can run at full fucking pelt. He's supposed to have injuries from the dinosaur stood on, or the TX stood on him. But no, he doesn't sell any of that shit either. And he's supposed to be... Paranoid. Yeah, he seems to be perfectly bloody well fine. No PTSD, no paranoia, nothing. The only sole reason why Joanne Moore took this role was to pay for her fucking divorce, and that tells you something right there. This is beyond ridiculous Greenpeace preaching crap. Mediating dinosaurs and fidgeting dinosaurs would not be able to survive for four years on a teeny titled island, never mind long fucking term. That's not how nature works. I'm going to give this thing a pathetic 2 out of 10. Still, come back next week as I'll get Jurassic Park 3 and then the rest of the month for the rest of the franchise. February is Fierce Females, March is Not So Marvelous March and April is Russell Lemire.
So don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other franchise podcasts of Superman, Omen, Resident Evil, House and many more. Also my solo podcasts of The Fog, Dracula, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and many, many more. Plus check out my second podcast, The Schlocky Horror Podcast Show on Anchor, where every two weeks myself and my co-host look at all things B to Z. I'll have the best of the very bad. Uh, bye. And remember, I watch these bad movies so you don't have to. Also, life, uh, mm-hmm, well, uh, mm-hmm, find a way again. <laughs>